I'm Steven. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of the Steven and Kevin Show, we're going to offer some strategies to help you connect with your client's children. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 59 of The Stephen and Kevin Show. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that is a hot topic within the financial services industry, and that is how do you start building better relationships with your client's children? Yeah, when we say children, not necessarily the young children, right? but those who are adult children who might make good clients for you. Exactly, and this this is, um, this is one of those uh, topics that, yeah, I don't know the exact percentage, but you read a lot about it and it was like 90 some odd percent go somewhere else after their parents pass, right? They don't use the same financial advisor. It's a, it's a big issue within the industry. So there are some things that you can do that are going to help retain those, those clients and those children. Yeah. So, uh, thinking about, uh, the next generation, mm-hmm. social media, Kevin, very important to them. Wouldn't That's it right. make sense if you're a, a good financial advisor that you've got a great social media presence? That would make a lot of sense to me, Stephen. Yeah. I mean, it, and if you're not somebody who wants to spend a lot of time on this every week, I would encourage you to outsource it to a group, I don't know, maybe like ours, Yeah. who provides social media outsourcing services. We would uh, would be happy to chat with you. We will take over your Facebook, your LinkedIn. We'll run ads for you. It's a pretty snazzy service. It is. Do take a look. It's on our website. We'd love to have a consultation with you. I really like your segue there, by the way. I was kind of playing along with it. I, you know, yeah. I was playing along with myself because I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> no, good. Hey, and b- by the way, um, if you watched the last episode, we had a special guest. We had Stephen's son, Avery, join us, which was a, a lot of fun and totally unexpected. Um, I was just thinking about this the other day. If you were listening via just the audio podcast – you probably don't know exactly what was going on. You're right? like, is that the sound of bubble wrap and Cheetos? Yeah, ex- exactly. And, but it was uh, it was fun. And at the end, a light did fall. Avery's okay, though. He, he did get a he uh, did. pretty nasty scratch on his head from that. Though. Yeah, he did. Uh, one of our lights just came crashing down. and But um, it was a scary moment. Fortunately, he's, he's all good because we've actually had some of you ask what happened at the end of that episode. Yeah. He's so, okay. Scarred. But uh, I, I will say... Uh, and this is uh, a side uh, a tangent here, but do you know on Google Home or probably on Alexa, if you say play Stephen and Kevin show, it will indeed play Stephen and Kevin show. That's pretty cool. So Avery has learned how to say, hey, Google, play Stephen and Kevin show episode 58 on TV. That's impressive. And there he is. He thinks that is like the coolest trick he's ever showed his friends. Well, I mean, all of a sudden he's on the big screen there at <laughs> home, right? That's that's pretty neat. So Rewind. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into today's topic again. How do we connect with that next gen? We're going to walk you through a strategy today that we coach advisors through. Um, and the first step of this process is we would ask you to profile your top 100 clients. So we're going pretty broad here. We know if you have over 100, we're going to say, hey, narrow it down to 100. Um, but we're thinking about things like obviously assets and revenue that those clients generate, but also things like advocacy. Um, or, you know, potential with that client, COI potential and so forth. We're just thinking about how do you get start off with a nice list of the best types of clients for you? Yeah, we're basically looking for high draft picks here. Yep. You've only got so many hours in the day. 
you don't have the time. I mean, it'd be a nice, uh, you, you could have somebody come in from a business school and they would say, Kevin, within your practice, you need to meet every one of your client's kids. You need to develop a relationship with them. You do the math on that. X number of clients times X number of kids. You've got a lot of people you'd need to engage, some of which are low draft picks. That's right. Not to be crude about it, but you know what we're looking for are people who uh, have signs that they'd be a good client for us either now or down the road. Now, one of the things that uh, is a pet peeve, I think, of some of the younger generation out there is that when we talk too much about the next generation as being the inheritor generation, mm. you know, and I think the other piece of that puzzle is you're looking for people who already have high incomes and perhaps already have assets, maybe not with you, that you could bring on board. But it's something to factor in as you're thinking about this project with you and your team. You know, as we're going through this, it's not how do we capitalize on this because we've got people who are going to be inheriting a lot of money. How do we keep an eye out and connect with people who are going to be income generators on their own, knowing they're going to be some of the better clients? They're going to be, you know, in an ideal world, these are the high draft picks we're looking for. That's right. Yep. <clears throat> so look, looking again, step one, you're profiling your, your top 100 clients. You're listing them. You're putting their children's names next to that. Um, and then you're leading right into what you're talking about, Stephen, which is basically kind of s scoring their children. Or how do you how do you look at some different categories that are the most important? Like you were saying, maybe current income. Right? Yeah. That's so, one. like, you know, think about it. When you go through and segment your client base, if you're doing it right, you're segmenting using some, you know, quantitative criteria mm -hmm. that lets you score clients and put them into different buckets. We're going to do the same thing with kids using slightly different uh, metrics. And we've had people do this via a spreadsheet. It doesn't have to be complex. No. You can write down client's name, first column, uh, children's name, second column, ages, third column, and then you can mix and match how you want to score them. And yeah. we would recommend categories like, number In one, inheritance potential. Yeah. So thinking about, obviously... Uh, how affluent are their parents, right? I mean, is there, are they going to be leaving a lasting legacy to these children? And that is definitely one of the main factors you're going to be looking at. How many here. kids do they have? Mm, right. Yeah, that's true. Hey, if it's going to be split amongst five, six, seven kids, right? Yeah. If, you, if, they, if they've got a bunch of kids, it factors in. Mm -hmm. uh, so on a scale of one to five, where do they fit, right? Yep. It's not an exact science, but scale of one to five on inheritance. That's column one, boom, yep. inheritance. Column two is current income right so we're talking about a lot of times adult children what do they do for a living right? mm -hmm. do they do they have potential right now or or in the future to be a really good client for you and so if you don't know some of this information linkedin's a great place to turn you can figure out their job title where they work mm -hmm. if they're employed and their spouse's job title where they work and if you're doing this for a manageable number of people, let's say your top 50, your top 100 clients, you can go through and actually find this information and save yourself a lot of effort in reaching out to people that maybe wouldn't be potential for a long, long time. That's right. I, I like it. So LinkedIn is a great resource. Also, you should be having conversations with your existing clients about their children and what they do for a living, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the, the low-hanging fruit there. And then um, the last kind of column here we have is COI potential. What does that one mean, Stephen? So how, how able are they to connect you? Mm-hmm. So if you... Are scoring them on a one to five scale with number with a five being somebody who's really well connected in the community and if they became a client they would tell a lot of their friends about it you would want that person up closer to the top of your list yeah so what, what are we after here with this ranking system we'd like to be able to sort by the final column which is the total points column to where if you're a 15 you're at a five in, in uh, inheritance potential you're at a five at current income and you're at a five at coi potential 
you're at the top of my list. You're getting some special attention. I'm pulling out all the stops. You're somebody I want to be in front of. I like it. I mean, you're basically, we're just prioritizing here because you only have so many hours in the day and so much you know, time and energy you can focus on retaining this this next gen. So we, we, got, we have to narrow it down a bit. So when you think about this be, uh, as a project, there are probably going to be multiple team members involved. If you're an advisor who uh, is more in the same age bracket as your clients and not so much their children at this point, maybe you have other people on the team who might want to take on this project and connect with the next generation. Mm -hmm. it's, this exercise is going to take a little bit of effort. It's going to take a little bit of time, but you're going to be glad you did it. Well, and, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, Kevin. You, you look at uh, two ways this can work. If you looked at both ends of the spectrum late in your career at some point, you could either have been the advisor that built out a team and who built connections with the next generation, and you've got a thriving, growing practice, or you can be the advisor on the far end of the other side of the spectrum that really neglected that for an entire career. And by the time that you're about ready to retire, your book is fading. Right. Right. You're, you're losing assets very, very quickly if no, for no other reason than your clients needing distributions. Yeah, that's great. So it's, uh, it's forward thinking a little bit, setting up a business that you're going to want to have as you get closer to retirement, whenever that might be. So, uh, looking at phase three of this process, right? So we started by making a list of our top clients and, and a list of their children. Next, we, we use our ranking system to score them essentially. And then finally, we're saying, okay, step three is how do we start making contact strategically? And the type of contact that we make is going to be dependent upon a lot of different things. I mean, it depends upon the relationship you have with your existing client. Um, it depends upon probably that, that potential that they have. If someone is at 15, well, they're at the top of my list. And you it know, depends on if you've ever met them before that. Oh, that's a, a great one as well. So, but we need to proactively make contact with them to start building the relationship out. Yeah. So let's say if you've got somebody who's a 15 on your list, meaning they're in that top slot, they've got a ton of potential all the way around. Mm -hmm. you, you'd pull out all the stops here. This is something that, you know, you would, you would end up treating them like you would one of your best prospects. That's, right. That's right. You would have them invited to events. You would engage them alongside their parents. You, you'd really pull out of the stops. If they're at the very bottom of the list, perhaps it's a connection on LinkedIn, maybe a, a holiday card. Maybe it's, a, you know, asking them to come to a meeting at some point, but maybe you're it's not a, doing per, a personal phone call to them. Yeah. And if you're going to do something like that, you just want to reach out and make a phone call. You need to probably you know, ask for the, the parents permission to do it. Uh, and you might say something like, you know, let's say Stephen's uh, um, son, Avery, is a 15 on my list. Um, you know, at some point I might be saying, Hey, I was thinking about your son, you know, Avery the other day. So oh yeah, really? Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, that, that sounds kind of weird, but I'm saying this, let's say it's 20 years down the road. Right? Hopefully I don't interrupt you. I'm right? not talking about at this point. Right. Uh, but Hey, look, I was, I was thinking uh, about your son Avery the other day. It seems like he's going, um, he has a lot going on with his family and work. I'd love to reach out and connect with him at some point. Anything I should know before I make a call. It's a little bit of an assumptive script there. Mm -hmm. um, but like I'm going to be calling. Yeah, Give hey, me some insights. I want to, I want to reach out to him anyway. Yeah. And the, and yeah. the parent may very, the parent is more than likely in your corner of wanting this child to engage you or some professional advisor to help them with managing assets, uh, making sure they have the proper wills and trusts in order for their kids. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. That would be for more adult children, obviously, yeah. right? I'm not trying to make a call to your four year old, Stephen. That'd be no, really but, weird. But you'd catch my point of yeah. like when, when you're engaging the parent, you're yes, getting permission. So it's not this odd call you made to the, to the adult child, but that you're also getting their input on what should you be pressing them on. The parent's probably like, Oh, I've been on him for a while to call you yeah. or to, 
get his uh, get his uh, will in order, whatever it is. One of the other get their put. Yeah, one of the other strategies we like is is connecting on social media. Mm-hmm. So starting to build those types of connections. So I'd be connecting with um, that the, the child of a client and saying, "Hey, Susan, you know your parents and I go way back. I'd send a personalized invitation to connect." We've been working with them for a while. would love to stay connected with you through LinkedIn or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you've got somebody who's uh, really high on your list, you may invite them to a client event. I like that. And very natural. They'd come alongside their parents. It'd be something fun. It's a great way to connect outside of the business world. They've already got a lot of respect for you, more than likely, based on the work that you've done with their parents and the fact that their parents have used you probably for a long time. So you don't have to prove that part of it. What you've got to prove is that you're somebody who's a viable alternative for them, somebody they like and would could see themselves working with. Client events are a great way to do that. So most of these strategies are, in general, we're talking about connecting with more adult children. Um, but there are some things that you can do as well for little Avery or Carter or Bradley, right? If I were your advisor, some things I could start doing now to start building a little bit of a relationship and a little bit of a rapport with, with you and them. Um, so we have a couple ideas to um, to help with that. Yeah. So these are just some bonus ideas here. If you've got, you know, if you think about the the different age brackets, if you will, of kids, we've been talking so far about the older the the, the older adult children who are potential. Think about it all the way from birth. You know, if somebody has a new birth in the family, uh, probably never going to get that account unless you're going to be in the business a really long time. Right. But you uh, you know might send a piggy bank. You might send a onesie with the parents' college name on it. Mm-hmm. There are things you can do to recognize that life event and get people engaged with you early. Uh, for teens, we like educational events with friends, right? A family discussion or about you know college expenses when they're going off to college. But we, we've seen advisors bring in their clients, teenagers, into their office, into the conference room, and have a conversation with them about money and saving or, or ba- uh, basic um, investing principles. Yeah, for recent college grads or or basically anybody who's in the working world, you can serve as a networking resource mm-hmm. of saying, hey, if you're in the market for an internship or a connection in the community, leverage me, my LinkedIn network. I'm happy to go through some of these connections with you. Right. So we think in general, if you implement some of these strategies, we have, we have no doubt that that retention should be better than 90 or less than 90%, right? Who goes somewhere else? Yeah. And again... It speaks to the digital presence that what are these uh, millennials and Gen Xers going to do when they hear about you or they're in the market for money management, they're going to look you up online, mm-hmm. right? They will look you up. 95% overall of the affluent will look you up prior to making a decision to work with you. That number, if we were to look at it again, just under the lens of, of Gen Xers and millennials would be higher, Right. I agree. So you want to make sure your website is in order. You want to make sure your social profiles are looking really sharp. If you want help with that, please reach out to us. If the shoe fits, uh, you know, please wear it. And I think the big point here is if, if their parents are a client, the first time that they're hearing from you should not be the fact that they're bringing, running a Google search on you, right? You should be doing some proactive outreach at some point. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Glad to be back with you and hope you have a great week. Yeah.